Good afternoon, welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. Back with us again, Tony Scott, Gavin Buckland, Phil Kirkbride, myself, Greg O'Keefe, and it's almost a week since Ronald Koeman was appointed as Everton manager. Uh, not loads of things have happened since, although uh, goalkeeping coaches joined him and his brother Erwin and fitness coach Jan Klusenberg. Um, a pre-season fixture has even been announced today, another pre-season fixture to add to our reasonably uh, bare fixture list for the summer. But before all that, we'll talk about a piece Phil wrote in Wednesday's Echo, uh, or Tuesday's Echo, was it? About why Everton intend... The days just pre-season, I can't remember. Why Everton intend to stamp their authority on the market, indeed world football, and make their mark, their newly rich mark, with a, a kind of landmark signing this summer. A name that makes all the competitors sit up and take notice. Um, Phil spoke in his piece about how Everton are being compared a little bit now to Man City when they first got the uh, Arab billions back in 2008 and of course signed players like Rubinho and latterly De Jong and uh, Tevez. So who would constitute for Everton this summer that type of landmark, marquee, blue chip signing if you like? Scotty, who do you think, now realistic is a term that's signed to change for Everton very quickly since February but who do you think would be realistic? Wayne Mooney. I think he'd be... For what that would do for Everton's stature, it'd make the whole footballing world stand up and take note of what Everton are trying to do here. It, it, it's just, it makes sense. It makes financial sense for me. And it'd have to happen either now or by Christmas. Any time after that, I think it's, it's never going to happen because Everton could use him... And he can attract players. If you see Wayne Rooney come to your football club, all of a sudden he's, he's coming home. He's coming home to the team that he's loved and supported all his life. He still does. He's shown that in... Um, whose testimony was that last season? Duncan's. Duncan's testimony last season. So he's shown that he took time. And he, you could see he was revelling in it just to get that blue shirt back on again. I think he'd jump at the chance if offered. Moshidi's got the money to do it. So I don't see no reason why Everton shouldn't make a big statement of intent by doing it. I couldn't agree more, but I'll give you one reason which worries me why it, perhaps it wouldn't happen. Two words, Jose Mourinho. Is he going to walk away from the lure of playing under arguably one of the best managers in the world? Now, I'm just throwing that out yeah. there in terms of like devil's advocate. I agree with you. I wrote it earlier in the summer. For me, Rooney's the one. And it, as you say, anything beyond January, maybe Everton pre-Moshiri, might have considered having Rooney at 32 at 33. Greg, don't forget, but, he's... Go on, sorry. No, but my point being, Everton are now, you'd like to hope, in this sort of market where they don't have to... They can attract players of Rooney's ilk, maybe, financially, yeah. Yeah. certainly. Now, now wh- whether or not they've matched the terms on at United is a different matter. Uh, as Phil writes in his piece, Mishiri's wealth is up there with the, the biggest, but it's not at the same level as City. And whether or not he'd be willing to pay... What is it? He's on 250 grand a week? Around 200 grand a week. What's he got Wayne's left on his contract? Yeah, 300, 300 grand yeah, a week. What's so, he got left on his contract? I don't know. Two that, years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Two years. So it would be... Interestingly, if Mourinho's got him next season, is he going to be starting every single game? Whereas if he's at Everton next season, he will. I don't think he's going to be starting every, every game for Manchester United next season. It looks as though there's a possibility of signing Ames, Latan Ibrahimovic. They've got Rashford, they've got Martial. Now, yet they're playing him in midfield as well, but 
I can't see him being a starting figure in Manchester United next season. I don't think Jose Mourinho will. The way, if he comes to Everton, I think he will. The way he's I think been the whole playing. game, Everton's whole game will evolve around Wayne Mooney. The way he's been playing in midfield for England, for me, he would start every single game on my team, Chief Gav. Yeah, I think he'd start in midfield for Man United. Um, it's a difficult one, this, isn't it? Um, I was thinking the answer to the question, I assume, like you'd write off Gareth Bale, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but Wayne seems an obvious one, but what you're talking about there is the, the fundamental flaw in all this, isn't it? Is it takes two parties to make a transfer, isn't it? Or three, even four, even. No, club wants to buy, club wants to sell, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And so it's, it's not as easy as saying, going around all the clubs in Europe and saying, yeah. we'll have him in. That's what I mean that's by realistic. Yeah, that, that's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, there might be other clubs who want to buy that person as well. In fact, there are probably more clubs now than probably I've been looking for marquee signings or big signings. So it's difficult. The, the, the definition is, what is realistic then? In, I in think that it is realistic. I don't see no reason why it shouldn't I, be. I, I, I'm not sure myself. Um, I think we... I, I think there's a, we have to be cautious here. I think I think we need to. I wouldn't like to think we'd make a marquee signer just for the sake of it. It'd have to be somebody who would, you know, was going to build. You know, a bit like you're saying, build a team around or, or you know, is integral to the shape of the team. I don't think we need to make. Should be somebody we're doing as a statement in terms. I know, but that's was, you know, big that, clubs that's do. Thing. You know, Gav, big clubs do that. As Greg just said, then Rubinho came, then company, and then everyone else came oh, after, yeah. it, and then that's what it does. It attracts the player. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't sign that player, then you can't attract. I'm not the sure. Rubinho, I mean, didn't work, and he was on loan. It didn't. But look, who, yeah, but it, look but, at the players that it attracts straight away. Yeah, there was one or two, but I mean, City took three or four years, didn't they, after that to, to, to develop in a different, completely different transfer market in 2008 to what we're operating in 2016. Yeah. That's the other thing you've got to compete in both in this country and around the continent. So therefore, the, the thing for me is not the player, it's your definition of real is, realistic, is, 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 is the level of what you're looking at. And I think... We just we have to be very careful with our expectations, is what I said. I said that last week because the market is completely different. And um, so that's the first thing. And the player that we're looking for has to be first and foremost integral to the, the shape of the team now. So don't what, you think Wayne Rooney had two sevens play? At 30? Yeah. I think him and sure. Ross behind Romelu Lukaku would be a As, dream for would me. Would you, would you want to build? But, what are you buying Wayne for? Therefore, he's thirty. He can be injury prone. He, he's running. He's running um, games. He's running international games. He's running Premier League games. Everton haven't got a player that's running the game, pulling the strings. They haven't had okay. it for years. Do you, do you want to buy? They haven't had it since Arteta. Yeah. Funny enough, they haven't yeah. had that class player who can pull the strings in midfield. Do you want to? Do you want to build the future of your club around somebody who's thirty-one in October? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. If I was going to spend three hundred thousand pounds a week on wages, which you'd have to. Yeah, and it's got image rights and all that's all linked in at Man United yeah. as well, isn't it? So the, the package is a lot more than that. I wouldn't, regardless how deep my pockets are, want to pay big money for somebody who's thirty-one, regardless of what team. So if you if you can't go for a lesser marquee signing, then Everton aren't going to attract a bigger player than are they? You're not going to be stands up and take notes of Everton, are you? Well, whatever you know, you don't you want value, don't you? As well, you you want you know people don't become billionaires just by throwing money away. You want value. And whereas to me, as much as romantically it's attractive, and for football reasons in the short term it's attractive, I don't see the value 
insane to any. There's a five or six year contract for 31 at 300 grand a week. Phil, no, I wouldn't say a value. Oh, well, you know what I mean. Is value. It, it strikes me that it, what Gav's saying is right in terms of a business and most um, football clubs. But when you come into the, the elite, the super rich, which you can debate whether everything are in yet, will I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it without being too sceptical. Uh, I think, obviously, Mashiri's intent is there to spend big, but you know we haven't signed anyone yet. Is value as important as what the impact that signing makes? Who, yeah. Which side of... Because it's a very interesting divide here. Tony's saying that at all costs, it doesn't even matter this guy. Rubinho, did he really fit in City's team at the time? Probably not. Gav's saying it's got to be, and I understand what he means, someone who, for all that money, that huge outlay, it's got to be someone who justifies it and has at least time to, you know, more than a 31-year-old perhaps who maybe picks up more injuries as they get on. Where, which line are you on? I, I think that, from what I understand, it, the whole concept of Everton wanting to sign a marquee player and to launch the project is to make people sit up and take notice. And as Tony alluded to, is to start attracting players. So I wouldn't be concerned if they signed someone who was 31, 32 and, only, and handed them, yeah, they might hand them a three or four year contract, but the intention might be, well, they ought to be here for a couple of seasons, you know, and get it going. And, and Rubinho was a perfect example of that. He was he came from Madrid, he was he, he'd fallen out of favour, but he was still a huge, a huge name. And yes, it didn't work out. But the idea was people went, crikey, they mean business, don't they? They've just gone... Money's no object. We'll go and buy this player. You know, he gets everybody excited and he gets the ball rolling. And I think that I think that's partly the idea. And look, we're now in a situation at Everton. Yes, we want to be signing good players on, on and, and and bringing you know quality and, and, and talented players to Everton. But there'll be a turnover of players now. Like I, like I don't think we've seen for a long time because if they're not pulling up trees and they're not producing they'll get moved on Greg who would be your idea of a marquee sign yeah I mean well the the Evertonian in me the romantic as Gav alluded to would say Rooney all day and in terms of Everton's new reality I would say that that would also fit into the marquee bracket so I'd like to see Rooney otherwise you're looking around um, well let's say players who who are out of our league if you like so Stating the obvious, mm. you're an Cristiano Ronaldo's, your Messi's, your Ibrahimovic's, you Gareth Bale, as Gav said, you know he would improve any team in the world. Of course he would. It's not going to happen. Mm. He's not going to come to a club that's not in your, any European competition. Christian Walsh, who did a piece yesterday about, I think piece just suggesting mm. players, threw in a couple of names that, that interested me. Um, now don't laugh. James Rodriguez at Real, he's fallen out of favour a little bit. On the surface of it, you go, what? No chance. But if you think about it, that's kind of what Rubinho was at the time. So for me, that's not too farcical a suggestion. Someone mm. like him, and they, you know, a player still in his prime, who maybe would tick yeah. Gav, Gav's box, you know, some, some and a huge team. name who would perhaps tick yours. Mm. Maybe not quite on the same level, but I don't know off the top of my head, something like a Sami and Nazri, who's been in and out of the City team. Yeah. Matter? One matter? You know, that type of player. And I think, I think Hamis Rodriguez was quite a good example of what. You know, somebody who's not necessarily nailed on in a in a in a Champions League team, who's on the fringes but still carries the allure and, and, and the profile and that and that kind of 
reputation as, as a talented, exciting player. Because that's what it'll be. It'll be a mark. He'll be a striker or or an attacking midfielder. It won't be signing, you know. A left back. Yeah, exactly. So it'd be that type <laughs> of player to get everybody up on off the seats at Goodison, you know, and get everybody excited. And I think I think I think Christian was a good one with there with Javier Rodriguez. And there'll be plenty of others if you went through those Champions League squads and had a look and. One that we don't think is a goer, which has been mentioned in some quarters, is Wesley uh, Schneider, or if you're a former sport editor of this region, Wesley <laughs> Slider. Phil, that's not a non-star as far as I'm concerned. That would be that wouldn't quite fall into the marquee bracket, but it would fall into the kind of oh, well, he's a, he's a he's a heck of a player and mm-hmm. has been. But I don't, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a starter anyway. Do you know interestingly, if we're talking about this marquee player that Everton are supposed to be after, where does Ronald Koeman fit in here? As in, does he propose who this is? Or well, you we, imagine so. Yeah. So who's actually selecting it? Is it just Ronald's on his There's own? No director of football no, exactly. is there. So it, it does make me think. You know, I understand that the whole process of what Everton are trying to do, putting together a bespoke top level management team and structure takes a bit more time and you know we, they had to go and buy the goalkeeping coach out of his contract the fire news and they've done that and it's not you know overnight you can't appoint a director of football it seems like it took all their energy and focus to get Cooman for Southampton mm. which wasn't easy but my only concern is and I know it's relatively early the, the transfer window hasn't even opened yet the longer we go on without this director of football the less can happen on transfer funds, arguably, because you wouldn't yeah. imagine they're going to start spending 100 million before they've got the guy in who's going to front the operation yeah. with Koeman. Yeah. I, think, I definitely think there's an element of, of in terms of this this star-studded player to launch the project, so to speak, and use football in terms these days. I think Koeman would have a say. Of course he would. Yeah. But I think I think if Machiri went, look, we think we can get X. We quite strongly want him to be the face of this. We need you to find a way to involve him. Kuman, you know, Ronald, we're paying you six million pounds a year. Off you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's in, yeah. The, he's in the squad. Yeah. It's a very it's a very interesting concept. I think it's a good point by Tony, and it's not something that probably we used to. Uh, at Everton and you know, it makes you sound like Real Madrid, doesn't it, really? Which you never thought uh, that'd be the case. And but that's the sort of dynamic now, isn't it, that Everton's about that hasn't been in the past and I find that it well for many years disconcerting it is it's slightly it, it, you're thinking about the club in a, in a completely different way in the way it's run and the way it will operate isn't it and I think um, it'll be quite quite interesting to see what happens because I think there's, there's it's, it's that fundamental issue isn't it is that in the past I would imagine I mean you guys probably know that whenever manager wants a player and go out and get it he doesn't really have the player Hoisted on them by a director of football because they didn't know the chairman on the basis we want to sell the project mm. on top of this. So it would be interesting to see how the from the outside looking in how the whole politics and see for the club will change. But that's why managers now they're not known as yeah. managers anymore. They're called coaches, and yeah. this is why all the big teams, Tottenham, Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, they all have these directors of football to so go and scout these players. You're the coach. Use coach these into becoming better footballers. Yeah, That's their job. what we're saying here, though, and but that, yeah, but saying you know, we, most managers will have an input into that. What we're saying is here is actually it will be whoever's in ch- at the top of the shop will say we want them to launch. Yeah. What we go forward, I, I you think, do it, which is a slightly money, different conversation. It's their money. It's it? effectively it's their money. They can do what they want. I, I think that yeah. would be 
probably the exception to the rule. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I think even even when the club do appoint a director of football, sporting director, whatever you want to call it, my understanding of the process generally, and you know, I spoke to Koeman about sporting directors and he, he was all in favour for them. My understanding of the process is the head coach, Koeman in this instance, says, look, it's clearly we need two centre-halves, a winger and a striker. The director of football with his team underneath him, Chief Scout, then his job is then go and come back with viable options, mm. and then they all sit down and discuss. Kuman has his say, of course. If he's you know if he's strongly opposed to signing so and so from from whoever, it probably wouldn't happen. But the idea is, here's your five options. You you take your yeah. pick. Um, Some kind of Everton transfer committee, Greg. Would you think it's? I don't think it would be in the structure and defined sense as Liverpool's one, but there is. You know, loosely a committee process, isn't it? It's, very, it's not like Evan and David Moyes. But that's a good thing. And under David Moyes, the book stopped with David Moyes, yeah. didn't it? And he was adamant. And then, as we saw latterly, with very much hit and miss results, Martinez manages to get that same black or white binary thing. I say who, buy, who we buy, mm. and I say who we sell. And obviously, you know, the results that we've seen in the last three seasons, it's 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 a, it's a non-starter now. If yeah. you want to move I suppose forward. as well, in the theory, that takes away the pressure for Ronald Koeman spending his evenings and off free weekends scouting and yeah. scouting. And we all know the stories about Dithering Dave, don't we? Yeah. Go and watch Lescott ten times. Yeah. That's a thing of the past. Because I think with, 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 with Moisey, often it was, if he got a few quid, and, you know, bless him for the diligence, it had to be, if he was going to spend it, it treated it like his own money, it had to be right. But it was, as you said, it was on his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's fair enough. I mean, the one final point is raised about the, 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 the Rodriguez signing. Is that the way you'd sell it? just sound like it's happening. Madrid string has been on the phone already <laughs> to me in the Welsh Repod. Is you'd be saying, Listen, you may, I want to buy Rodriguez, Ronald, because actually it'll make it easier for you to buy plays in the future if I buy Rodriguez now. And that's how you would sell it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. You know? definitely. And Plus, I think you can play a bit of footy, can't you? Yeah. yeah. You know. yeah. I, think it's, I think this is a good thing for me because. The managers need to be challenged and questions need to be asked when they're making these signings, i.e. Roberto Martins when he bought Umanias. Are you telling me if there's five fellas on the table, they're going to be challenging this fella? Why are you paying 13 and a half million for the lads you've barely seen before? So this is where it's a good thing that there's so many different mouthpieces about to challenge these transfers, and I think it's a good thing. If it works. I mean, there's different... Moises work fine, doesn't it, for the money he had? You know, he was very careful and by and large, he stuck with his transfer record for basis of work. Um, Never got us into the Champions League proper. But no. no, but still, still, in terms of transfer activity, still worked, didn't it? Yeah. I, just, I just can't stress just managing our expectations here. Because I, you know, I mean, you've just seen some of the stories this week. What was Soizini valued at? 25 million quid mm. this week? Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? That's the type of thing. Now, when you say you've got like 100 million, it sounds a lot, but actually, if that's what the market value is for Troy Deeney, which it probably isn't, it, no, it, it's I, what it would be are in an inflated market. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the, gym, the Bundesliga deal, isn't it, has doubled, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the, the, the La Liga the deal has doubled, yeah. and, and the clubs outside of Real Madrid and Barcelona get an even mm. bigger share after that. So all around Europe, the whole the whole dynamic around money is changing. I mean, my, today's one might change some of that, but... But loads, there's a lot of clubs with a lot of money. Do you know, yeah. Clubs. Does that and that's all it. boil down to wages then? Yeah. Rather you know, than yeah. what you've got as a transfer kitty yeah. to well, what we're willing to pay you every yeah. week. Do you know what's interesting? That 
I can remember about 18 months ago, um, no less than that, looking at having a conversation with someone about the way all of a sudden out of nowhere, Stoke City signed your Bo Yans, your Shakiri, some under Everton's mm. nose, various players, and you were thinking, they haven't necessarily got that much more money than, than us. Peter Coates uh, is obviously a very, very wealthy man and mm. decided, I'm going to have a go at this, yeah. knowing on the back of it he was getting this the, the broadcast deal, which is seemingly just growing and mm. growing exponentially. So he backed it. But the big thing was, he was also paying the wages. Stokes' wage structure, he decided to blow it apart, and that's why he got Bojan, great signing. Shakiri hit and miss, so on and so forth. Now, the interesting thing is Everton, as, as Phil has written recently, are also deciding to blow apart their own wage structure. Players are kind of getting six-figure offers, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? They're getting 100 grand isn't off the table. And wait, maybe for that marquee player, Stokes, even more. Stokes is a really good example of that. It's an interesting point because it, that's kind of what Everton are looking to do, but on another level. Yeah. Mm. Whereas a lot of people are like, mm, Bojan went to Stoke. I went, what? Yeah. Does he... Uh, does he know what he's doing? And when Shakiri went to Stoke, what the, what the, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. And in Boola, and you're like, what the hell are they playing? Like yeah. Stoke. Yeah. But then you think, well, it's, you bang right, you know, they're willing to pay the money. So that's ever, that, that is exactly what Everton is trying to do, but on another level. And make no mistake, David Gold and West Ham, now they're in that Olympic Stadium, mm. will be looking to, on the, in their own relative terms, make a marquee signing as well, because they'll be repositioning themselves. You only have to look at the badge now with London on it. They're, they've got an eye on the global audience yeah. and maybe that's what Everton needs to do which is why going back to what you said so if Everton get Rooney you get your football supporters in the middle and far east America, Canada, it just takes Australia going what? Yeah. They've re-signed Wayne Rooney when he's yeah. still yeah. short of in his prime yeah. yeah I think there's a clue in that you know the the Russian director's name whose name I can't pronounce or wouldn't the you know, Alexander Ryzenstein. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Phil. Well done. It was an insight. <laughs> I thought in that context, it was an insight line, wasn't it? There's, I can't remember what it was. Something like there's, there's four big clubs in the northwest. Yeah, it was very interesting. And so that. therefore, what you're selling, selling to a player coming to heaven, is we're in a hub before yeah. very famous managers, either as players or as managers, you're joining that hub. Yes. Of centre of football yeah. in this country. Rather than just joining the club, you're part of that, he's, that culture. He sees, in fact, hopefully sees yeah. potentially a shift in power from London, don't yeah. he? So. And, and that's where that's part of it, isn't it? Dare I say, you know, the city of Liverpool collectively is a football culture, and, and Manchester. It's, it was one of the reasons why Manchester City were able to, to top play. They had Manchester in the title, you know, and, and dare I say, the funding. And I think that was maybe where that, that statement was partially alludes to the fact that how you would sell the club as part of a big northwest hub of wealthy football clubs. I think that's spot on that you picked up on that because it was something maybe you know that we didn't make enough enough of on the website or in the paper because Everton you can understand given that logic why Everton did everything to get Cumin. Yeah. Because if they'd have got Bielsa, I don't know off the top of my head, someone else who you know wasn't Favre, mm-hmm. Lucien Favre. Um, that's going to leave them well and truly bottom of that four-club ladder of profile. Mm. Klopp, bigger name. Guardiola, the biggest name. And obviously Mourinho, Mourinho arguably <laughs> the biggest name as well. So there's two, two there clashing. We couldn't afford to have fallen too far down that ladder. And Koeman, are we, are we still fourth? What do you reckon? Are we still fourth or is Koeman and Klopp on a level? I, don't I know. think Koeman and Klopp are on the, on the same level. Klopp's done more. 
What, how has he done more? He's achieved more in Bundesliga than Koeman has in the Premier League. Arguably. Got to the Champions League final. So he's got to the Champions League final and he's won two German leagues. That's it for Klopp. In the face of the machine by Munich, I would yeah. say. And, and so Koeman's won three Dutch titles with two different teams. Hold on a second, right, before you get carried away. Benfica, you keep going Valencia. on these Dutch titles. I've seen you on this. Yeah. yeah. We were only calling it the second Scotland. Oh, what's, yeah, so what's the difference between the, the Dutch league and the German league then? Oh, come on. Yeah. As in, what, you'd have to be one team? Bundesliga is far stronger than Germany. Is it? So yeah, you'd have to be one team? No. You'd have to be one team to win the Bundesliga? No. No, no. I think, I so think, you, if you finish above Bayern Munich, you win the well, German I think, league. I think what you'd say there is, with the big five leagues in Europe and Holland, isn't it? It's in that, that tier below, isn't it? I mean, the Bundesliga is probably in the middle of those five. Passing five that tissue for his eye there. And so I, I, I don't, what's the club do last season again? Yeah, okay. Two finals, I think what we're saying is Rosters last five. It's the fa- it's the combination of fame, achievement, <laughs> reputation, isn't it? But I don't think we should be that bothered about where we are on the ladder. It's that we're on the ladder at all is the big thing, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, yeah. That, that's the thing, isn't it? Even if we're on the fourth rung at the bottom of a four four rung ladder, it doesn't matter. We're on the ladder rather than sort of in the next street, you know, which Look, we have been. Talking of transfer kitties and wage structures leads us on to certain Romelu Lukaku, Greg. There's been whispers of him getting a nice pay rise in his wallet. Do you think it's justified? You're talking, of course, about Mino Raiola. Yeah. Alluding to a bit of a potential U-turn. It's only, you know, he says so much that we're sitting there and obviously you read certain things and context into what he's saying. And it, I can understand why we've all looked at it, what he said earlier this week and thought mm, he, he's given himself an escape hatch here if his move elsewhere doesn't come off. He's trying to make sure that a few bridges can be slightly rebuilt. Well, is he worth the pay, the pay rise? It's a difficult one because I think my opinion... I, it's so hard, isn't it? Where, is he replaceable? For me, if you get sixty-five million for him, then what do you do with that sixty-five million? Well, that's the thing. Where do you get? As Gavis said, the prices are D&E twenty-five million. Basically, going around the houses in a way. No, he isn't replaceable. So I, he's nowhere near perfect. Name me a better twenty-two-year-old striker than him in Europe. This is what, in, in my very convoluted way, I'm trying to get around the houses too. I don't think there is Aubameyang, maybe, but he's you know a couple of years older. A couple of years older. Yeah. I think you might as well keep him. I think he's behaved. I think he's behaved. Got to do everything to keep so disrespectfully. Him and his agents have behaved so disrespectfully. So is every agent, Greg, and every player. They all want to move to Real. They all want, yeah. Every every player in Real Madrid and Barcelona tomorrow if they could. So that's all. But he's not. Hang on, he's not being linked to Real Madrid and Barcelona. He's not good enough yet. Yet, but he's all signed for them tomorrow, wouldn't he? Yeah, but that's all. Yeah, so, <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is that they can all talk and they can all scream and shout, but what Everton have got to do is keep hold of him and I've got to throw everything at him to keep hold of him. Yeah, he's but, the, but, one of the but, best strikers in European football and he's been playing he, he, for a team he, that have finished... Well, go on then. I think he's outside. As Cav just said, in a sense that... Look at his goals. Where, hold on. where have he been the last two or three years again? He's not in that elite bracket. He's just outside it with age on his side, the yeah, big factor. That's it, Massive. It? Yeah. Massive. The big factor. Yeah, it's a massive he's factor. Potentially. You know, like, Iguain scored, what, 36 goals in Serie A? How many yeah. would Lukaku score and score 36? But was it a green, well, was a green score, what, Romston over here? Yeah, of course he would. would you? Yeah, of course he would. Rob, he Rob, Cat, and Rob can't play against the but defence. I think, I, think <laughs> I, I agree. 
setting that aside, I do agree with you. In many ways, that's a bit of a, you know, like the saying about Leicester keeping Jamie Vardy's a statement. Well, actually, Everton keeping Lukaku's a bit of a statement as well. But setting aside everything that's been mm. said. I'm just wondering, because we were surmising last week, you know, if the possibility of Rom staying on the basis that actually, there's not a club who yes. want to buy him, who yeah, want to yeah. pay the right fee. And actually, going back to Everton might be a good lesson for him, actually. That's basically what I'm saying is wrong. You're not good enough yet. You need to work harder. I think and, he is and, good and, I, To To go to a top yes, club. Yes, and indeed. therefore, actually, it could be to our benefit that he comes back and sort of like, I can't afford to slack off like I did in the last 10 games last season. I need to go for it all the time. I need to work harder. And then when I've, when I've done that, then I'm in a position to say, I want to play for the yeah, big Champions League. interesting because, the, the, you know, obviously since he came permanently, the idea of him speaking about playing Champions League football has always been on the agenda with him and no, I didn't have any problem with him saying he wanted to play Champions League football but as you say when it comes to the crunch now and and he's actually been quite strongly saying he wants to leave if, if nobody actually comes in and meets the asking price or nobody really comes in from as strongly as he wants I think you could be right there Gail it could be really interesting I, I think it'd be a good lesson for him to be honest with you uh, but I agree with Tony I think it would be also good for us Massive, yeah. And I know we're saying he's not in that upper S on a top side. Does he get us game for Arsenal? But okay, does he get us game for Man United? I think he does. But twenty-five goal the season strikers, as yeah. I say, don't go on go on season. All round play may not be in the upper S mm-hmm. but he is a he's a twenty twenty-five goal season striker. Yeah, and we've got one of them. So actually, put money keep keep him. Mm. It just makes financial sense just to keep him anyway. Yeah. He's twenty-two. I think a lot of football fans when they watch him. Don't realise how young he is, and he's only just turned twenty-two, hasn't he? So yeah, he's one of the best. No, twenty-two. Yeah. He's only just turned twenty-three, so yeah. he's one of the best young centre forwards in Europe. And Everton okay. have got to be doing everything to keep. Don't him. don't forget as well. Chelsea are still lingering in the background. Yeah, and they'd love him back. But they would love him back, and he'd yeah. love to go. By the way. So what does that tell you? That, that tells you everything. Every more reason why Everton should be keeping him. If the likes of Chelsea want him, does it? Is his heart in it though? I don't think they should be throwing silly money at him. Though. No. I, th- I, th- I wouldn't have an issue with him being on par with the highest because he's the highest earning player and I would have no problem with him maintaining. Marquee signing aside. Yeah, but yeah. yes, you know, on, the level next... with that, yeah, on, on par with the highest earners at the club because he is the man who scores goals. But I don't think Everton need to be in a position where they go with a begging bowl to him. No. Do, if he scores another couple of goals in the Euros, is price tag's only going to... It depends what type of system you're playing. Yeah. You were saying he'd get his game for Arsenal. Yeah. I, I tend to, I tend to play devil's advocate and say, well, let's wait and see about that. Does he fit into Wenger's style of play? Is touch being what it is? Is he good enough to play the way Wenger plays? Giroud or Lukaku? Funnily enough, you know, Giroud, albeit a bit older, where's Lukaku better than him? In every, every which way sense well, you want. No, he's not. Goal scoring records. His touch is, is Goal scoring records, assists, everything else you he's want to say to him. than the air, is he? I know, I know what you're saying, but... And Giroud is. Been watching him. You two have a punch before the end of this. Uh, you're talking yeah. about <laughs> Giroud didn't score a goal for the last 14 games. You're ripping the back out of Rom. Rob, Rob, okay. I mean, it's, it's interesting, but I, I don't think I think it's a possibility now. Rom staying, isn't it? Yeah. So we're talking. We, we so. spoke about Rom, John Stones, Ross Barkley, Phil. Can, can you see why Roy Hodgson hasn't selected these at all? The only two outfield players not to have played the Be game. Be careful what you say, Phil, because he, he's getting punchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think it was Greg who made an interesting point. Actually, definitely he doesn't make. The definitely word. was man. <laughs> the game on uh, the Slovakia game. There was a point. I think I think it was Greg who said this when 
Kale. Yeah, Everton, uh, England had all the ball, right? Yeah. And you've got Kale in centre-half, and he's bringing the ball out of defence. And because he's not a ball-playing centre-half, he just does a sideways pass and retreats. Mm. And I, well, it's a, wasted, it's a wasted man. If you had John Stones there, because they're not being tested defensively yeah. in that game. So any concerns over that side of his, of his approach goes to one side for that, for that 90 minutes. Let him have the ball and let him carry it, let him probe, let him draw the midfield in and create the space. Effectively, he could be better than one of the actual midfielders on the pitch. For my money, I, if Iceland are going to sit back and play like Slovakia did, I would actually give Stones a go. I, I, play play Eric Tarr further up the pitch. We carried, this, we carried this story last season and I asked Martinez, I said, a lot of Everson supporters believe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. believe that John Stones could do a job midfield and he almost laughed. As if it was the most craziest thing I've ever said. And I was like, well, he's good on the ball. Yeah. He can run with it. Yeah. He's obviously got defensive attributes. Obviously, he needs to tighten up. But it's almost, it was almost dismissed mm-hmm. as, why would we even contemplate that? But I think you should think about it. You know, if, you know and, and people are now saying, you know, Koeman could be a really strong influence on John. Well, Ronald, as well as being a centre-half, played in that old-fashioned sweeper role. Yeah. Played in midfield sometimes. Why not? Why not think about yeah, it? That'd be great. John will have 239 career goals at the end of his career. <laughs> yeah, now. Thing in the minute, every chance, yeah. <laughs> Just briefly, Greg, is Ross Barkley unfortunate to have um, been given another cap? Not to have been given another cap, mm. you mean? I, not really. I mean, effectively, you're looking at England's midfield, more goals last season than a lot of them. Yeah. More assist than a lot of them, so why isn't he playing? The only reason why I think Deli Alley hasn't really been in form since before the end of the season, and he's carried that little bit of a slump in form so far into the tournament. So maybe, yeah, may, maybe to be fair, Ross could have got Lalana Sterling. Out. I think Lalana. I think he's played all right so yeah, far. Yeah, he has. Mm. Sterling, but he's blowing after the hour, isn't he? Yeah, Lallana, that's it. So yeah. why can't Ross come in for Lalana? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think I think he's been possibly a little bit hard done by. Uh, and now you know we move into the business end of the tournament, and is he gonna is he gonna get a kick? Basically, you wonder, don't you? Unless there's a big injury. But interestingly, as well, obviously last night the Irish lads got went through uh, McCarthy and Coleman clearly leading the way. It's tournaments of very much contrast with them too, isn't it? Yeah. Coleman's done really well. McCarthy, yeah. he's looked he's looked poor, hasn't he? Yeah. He has. Off the ball. By all accounts, he played well. I wasn't. I was doing my yeah, best to push the John he, Stones at the pitch, so I didn't see it. But, he's. Um, um, He's getting around the pitch and he's he's looking competitive, but for me, he's just doing it. He isn't doing enough with the ball. His ball possession well, for me funny, is sideways. Funny you should say that because just before I was listening to Five Live um, in the build up to that game, and Roy Keane said something interesting. He said, "Put this tournament aside in the next couple of games if we finally get through." He said, "For the next generations of Irish midfielders, they're going to have to be more comfortable on the ball. They're going to have to want the football." He yeah. said, "You've got too many players." who show, but don't really want it. Yeah. As, as Keane said, you've got to see the whites of their eyes. They've got to want the ball when there's three players around them. And you wonder about James, because he's got a lot of talent, but does he fall into that bracket of showing, but doesn't really want it? Yeah. And if we're going to go to the next level, I feel like we're picking on him and we're not, but we, you know, we, we brought him up. Is he going to be, is it enough for James McCarthy just to be defensive midfielder, running, taking it off defence and winning it back. That's a, you know, yeah, it's a big asset for any team. Yeah. Does do we need a midfielder who can do a bit more? Yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think also as well for James, the, the unfamiliar 
thing for him is think of his entire career in England's been managed by Martinez, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Even at Wigan, so he's never known another manager in England other than Martinez. So it might be interesting to see whether, you know, it could go two ways there, couldn't it? Where actually Ronald doesn't fancy him for some of the reasons you've said there, Phil, or actually, a bit like John, what you're saying about John Stones, is actually somebody with a fresh set of eyes yeah. comes to somebody who's not, not know, known the same manager for what, seven years, maybe, yeah. something like that. Um, We'll, we'll get something out of them that maybe we've not seen previously. To, to you know me, what? James, he looked a bit stale towards the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, I did yeah. say to Greg, I remember saying that that point. He's going through the motions. Same, to me. same manager for too long. You wonder, yeah. maybe. Look right. what Cooman did with like Stephen Davis down at St Mary's, and you know, not um, an outstanding footballer, but a player that maybe was more of the sum of his parts in, in terms of, of what he they got from him down on the south coast. So maybe there'll be a life in James yet. Getting close to finishing up for the for this one, but we're just going to me- mention briefly pre-season game announced earlier, as we said, Barnsley. It'll be Cooman's first game in charge away at Oakwell. It's still looking a bit sparse, isn't it? Evans fixture list. I'm, Phil, am I right to be a bit concerned by that or no? Or? No, I, I'm actually twofold. I think you know, obviously, the change in manager meant that they couldn't make too many decisions yeah. on 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 tours and stuff. But going back to the original point at the start of the podcast. I think if you get a marquee player in next summer, there'll be a, there'll be a, you know, assuming he's a foreign player, it wouldn't be Rooney, for example, or maybe it would be Rooney, a high-profile player. Next summer, you go on your money-spinning tour to yeah. the Far East with him in tow, etc., etc. Secondly, I actually think it's not a bad thing that Everton are travelling thousands of miles this this way and that because Cumin, when they return on July the seventh, as we think, he's going to get them on the training pitch. He's got a, there's a new way of playing, new style, new demands in training. I you know, just getting them on the pitch is the, is the main thing and, and and the priority and you know, n- no need to worry about these yeah, things for the minute. I, I agree. Yeah, there's historical precedent for that, which was uh, Harry Catterick's first season in '61-2. He took over in the April, and he went to America. Mm. You know, and he <laughs> went for about four weeks, and Catterick said that the following year we finished fourth, and Catterick said we would have won the title that, that year. We won it the following year, we would have won it that title. But he felt that he'd just come into the club, the players were for ages. Mm. He didn't know it was not a, the environment to learn about what the players were like, and also meant that he wasn't at home looking about, you know, but, but, you know, the, the admin side looking at, you know, transfers and all that type of stuff. And he felt that cost cost him that first season. And, and as you're saying, Phil, that it could cost us, yeah. couldn't it, in, yeah. in that way? So I'm 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 with Phil on that one. It won't be the end of the world if we don't do a do a round the world uh, trip this year. I totally agree. I only echo what the lads are saying. I said, I'll do Everton well just to get the lads on the training pitch and starting to be accumulating the, the miles. Because don't forget, they were going to be within the Euros for the um, for the previous month, so they could do without trips to um, Asia, Australia, and America. So, yeah, yeah and, I think that's a good thing for me. And Ronald will be at Finch Farm doing a press conference for new signing every other day anyway, so yeah. we can't be too far <laughs> away. Yeah. Right, brilliant. Thank you for listening. Me and Scotty are going to go outside and settle our differences like men. <laughs> Gav, Gav. My, my money's on Scotty. <laughs> Gav's going to hold my watch. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll, we'll be back next week, like, like, like we say, hopefully with news of some sort of progress on director of football or new signings.